welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. And welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Richard A. Dotson, here with Matthew O'Hara. What does that A stand for again? Avram. Avram. Yeah, I think it's like a Jewish thing, I think, because my real dad's Jewish. Uh, but don't know, because I've never even met the fella. Well. Let's get real emotional up in here. Down. To all the people who have never met their real dads <laughs> in their life. There you go. That's why I'm such a good dad to my kids, you know, because I never met my real dad 40 years later. 40 well you're not there yet i know but you know, i'm just rounding up don't date yourself <laughs> yeah richard avram dotson i was real embarrassed about that growing up for I, some reason i remember when you first disclosed it to me you made you made sure that i promised not to tell anyone yeah i don't even know why i would make it even like i didn't care what people thought about me in high school but apparently i did i guess i don't know i don't know i was embarrassed about avram but whatever. you didn't care what people thought you co- you cared what girls thought uh, yeah, true, true. That's all I really did care yes, about in high school. Yep. Was uh partying and girls. That's mm-hmm. it. People are like, Did you play sports in high school? You're like you look like you're athletic. I'm like, I'm the most unathletic person ever. I just work out. So I trick people. <laughs> I was like in high school I played zero sports. I think I played soccer for like a summer. Uh but besides that, all I cared about was skateboarding, drinking, and chicks. Yep. That was it. You were awfully punk rock. I was punk rock in high school. Mm-hmm. But uh it worked out in my favor. Yep. So uh, here we are, 40 years later, talking about some more kids. All right. Rookies, that is, Ooh. Matthew. Um, just before that, just want to uh, get into a little bit of things that happened here over the weekend. Uh, obviously, the Saints get robbed of the Super Bowl. And I love the, like I like the Saints. Like the, They're my NFC team, uh, which is weird to say because they're not really like my team, but like that's the team I – was rooting for that's like if you if i if like the browns just disappeared off the planet and moved to baltimore they just never existed i would just become a saints fan because i like drew Brees. i've been a big fan of his for you know his entire career and then they got mad ohio state players on there as well so it's like i'm just a big fan true statement Ted Ginn, ohio state michael thomas ohio state their entire secondary ohio state yep big fan big yep. fan uh they obviously got robbed and had no call if that was the browns i would be uh I'd be I'd be in complete misery. You wouldn't even be able to podcast today. Just keep it real here. I would just rant. I would rant. Yep. So if you're a Saints fan, man, that's uh that's some shitty business right there. That was a terrible call. Yep, that's my take on it. All right, Rich, I'm not going to elaborate. I feel Rich, like I feel like this this point's been beaten. Yeah, death. Rich, what's your point? At? It's a terrible call. Yep. Anything else you want to say? No, nah, not much. Nope, that's, that's it. That's gonna be it. another Tom Brady Super Bowl week uh, versus the Rams. Go Rams. Go Rams. I'm with I you guess. there, man. Um, yeah. Anything um, to freshen up the league a little bit. I, I would have loved to have seen Kansas City and the Rams, the, you know, the rematch from earlier in the year. It's just like if Tom wins another one, it's just another one. It's just another Super Bowl Baker has to win to overtake the GOAT status. You know what I mean? It's just I don't want to make it any more difficult than the kid it has to be. I mean, once he gets one this year, it's like, okay, you got to get five more. It's not easy, but you're going to get there, buddy. Going to be the GOAT. I mean, am I right? Totally right. Right. I mean, Baker's going to win like six Super Bowls. Seven? Seven? Eight? You have ten fingers. I do have ten fingers. We'll just round up, man. <laughs> we'll just, how, how many win? Oh, like ten. <laughs> ten. Um, so in today's show, we are going to cover, we're going to re, now that the season's clearly in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do this every year. 
uh, right around this time. We're going to re-look and realign these rookies and where we see them going forward here. Uh, we're talking getting about 24 of them, so about two rounds worth, and then we'll have some uh, honorable mentions as well. We'll see you know, how many we can get in here in an hour, so we don't want to spend a whole lot of time on each player. Some of these guys will be easy. We'll talk a little bit more in depth about some than the others. Not a lot to say about Saquon, obviously, but you know, guys of those statures. The, next week, we'll talk about the Senior Bowl. What's going on there? Some really exciting players there, some receivers, big names today. Uh, Terry McLaurin for Ohio State, Debo Samuel. Uh, uh, it was, uh, what's his face as well? Andy Isabella had a really big day as well. And that's somebody who John DeMont, DeMont one of our uh, writers, just who does a lot of our rookie content, put out an article the other day about Isabella. And he, he told me, he's like, I love this guy. Wait till you watch his tape. And he's already swooning at the senior bowl with like he's been training with randy moss he said he got clocked at four two six Ooh, yeah burning and some drops um today as well but those guys at receiver position are really standing out really well today obviously it's day two of practice but right we'll cover the senior bowl next week so i don't want to spend a lot of time there i want to get into these rookies because we have a lot to cover here from um, this past year from this past year right. the 2018 rookie class we got a lot of 2019 stuff coming your way here very soon. The class is looking better and better every day. Mm-hmm. We said this last year, like, oh, the 2019 class is going to be that good. And it's like, oh, I'm, it's I'm surprised. Like, my, my first takeaway is by how many, like, six foot three and up wide receivers there are so far in, in this draft. It seems like, it seems like, it, like we've had such a, you know, like a, a run of, of these smaller guys and stuff like that. It, it's nice where, where we'd only have like one or two guys per year that were quality wide receivers that were six foot three and above where it seems like this year they're kind of they're kind of just plucking you can pluck right, right off the tree right you know uh, it, it's a deep receiver class yeah. it's a deep tight end class and then i think there's gonna be a little bit more intrigue at running back than we really thought here but even then the 2020 class running back class is gonna be really sick um that's where gonna be some real good action here but we'll get into that so let's before that let's just get into what we're here to talk about today and that's a 2018 rookie and it's not being a dead horse in my eyes. This is good evaluation for guys you might want to target and trade. Um, I came away, Matt, with like there's thir- about 30 players out of this rookie class, which is, is a lot after year one that I'd want on my dynasty team. Oh, yeah. I, I feel, feel really good about Yeah, it. I, I feel like that. that's a really good reflection of, of last year's class. You know, I mean, there's there's probably years where where you're in the 20s struggling to, to find out, you know, more guys that you really want to go out there and get if you don't already have. 30 is a, a, a big number, man. And I'm sure after next year, it's going to get cut even more. Right. But it's, it is a, it's, it's a nice, strong stand to uh, stand upon with some guys that have really helped their stock and obviously some guys that were on our class before aren't even going to make the list. Like, Ronald Jones is even on my top 30 list. I mean that's not surprising. I, I think if you've listened to our podcast long enough, you know, dating back to this time last year, you know that we weren't that high on Ronald Jones, and he didn't do anything this past year to change our minds. So you and I have not sat down and gone through our list together, so we don't right. know where each other stands. So let's see if we can just come to common ground here. Um, where do you want to do it? Where you, I pick a guy, you pick a guy. Do you want to do it where I just go through my list and you kind of tell me if I'm too high or too low on a guy? Um, how do you want to do it? Um, I mean, I, I feel like 
you know, I think everyone else out there would, would probably enjoy a mock draft more than you reading a list and me just critiquing your crappy I like list. A, I like a mock draft too. Yeah. So I'll pick a guy, give, I'll say why, and you either say why you disagree or agree. Okay. And then I will do the same. Sure. All right. So do you want to just kick it off with your first pick? You yeah. No, I'll do the, the layup this is here. Tough. And just it's it, tough. Go Su- Suquan Barkley. I don't think there's there's too much there to, to argue. Obviously, he was in a PPR league he had like 385 points so the guy's the guy um really produced at a high level like we thought he would over 1300 yards rushing 11 touchdowns is that 91 receptions for he, 721 yards and four more touchdowns yeah he distract he destroyed it dude. He, he was yeah. running back 3 in a year he averaged 24.1 points per game he in 15 games over you know those 15 games I, I always – for the running backs here, I looked at it from week w- 1 to 16, not 17 because it wasn't really a part of the fantasy okay. season. Sure. But, yeah, finished the year as running back 3. He's only 21 years old. A lot of people right now have him as consensus number 1 overall dynasty rankings. Overall. Overall. I mean – Not and, rookie. Overall. And that's how we hyped him because that's what we saw in, in in his potential. You know what I mean? When when you watched his college tape, this is, this is the kind of player, if everything worked out great – and perfectly and he transitioned really smoothly into the NFL. This is the player we envisioned. And and it all came to fruition in year one. To me it was even more so because when it came out, I, I said this empath- empathetically, uh tons of times before and I was like, where Barkley's true value is gonna be is in PPR league catching the football. Like you said, he caught ninety football. I mean it's disgusting. But to me, you even supersede that with his running ability, which was always good, mm-hmm. but he did really well this year running the bell. I think he had what, thirteen hundred yards? Yep, thirteen rushing. Yep. So um, to me, yeah, if you took him number one, one in a dynasty startup, I'm not going to argue it. Uh, I'm not going to take him there. Um, I have him one, two in my new rankings that will be up soon. Uh, I still have DeAndre Hopkins number one overall. But to me, with what he did right away, the team is to be built around him. And the key here is that he's 21 years old. Out of all these other running backs, there's only one other running back here we're going to talk about that's 21 years old. And that youth, explosiveness, and fantasy dominance has him as a, as a dynasty startup one, you know, top two pick to yep. me. Um, so if you had a one one this year and you traded for all that, then not only did you get a game changer, you got a top two dynasty startup player. I mean, those right. are hard to get out of rookie drafts eventually, let alone right out the gate. Right. And that's where Saquon was. He lived up to the hype, Matt. He is the one one this pick. I'm on the clock. There's no argument there at number two. Um, to me, this isn't as simple as um, some people make, and I, I can see a lot of diversity here. But for me, out of the gates, I'm gonna take Nick Chubb at number two overall, which is a bump down from Sony Michelle, where I've had him literally for the last year as my number two. Right. So for me, the way we go to Nick Chubb is the guy finished as running back number 15. Right, he averaged twelve point seven fantasy points per game over fifteen games, but that's kind of a misnomer because the guy didn't even start playing until week eight, mm-hmm. and and now we had a couple of big games before that with some touchdowns, but he did not he did not start playing, he did not get more than three carries per game, essentially, until week eight. He still finishes running back fifteen. He's twenty three years old. He averaged he averaged five point two yards per carry, and this is on a team that's just coming into its own. Right, you get a great play caller in Freddie Kitchens coming in. As head coach, you get Todd Monken, Monken coming in from Tampa Bay, who's a, you know a raid, air raid offense, innovative thinker when it comes to the NFL offense. This offense is going to get you know just exponentially better there in Cleveland, and he's going to be one of the center points. There's a lot of focus there on Baker Mayfield, but Nick Chubb 
looked absolutely dominating this year on the field. That offensive line uh, in the middle is very strong. So for me at number two, I'm going to take Nick Chubb. I feel like this is a very, very safe pick out of all these players. Somebody that I would be very happy to take up in in the second round in a dynasty startup, which is still very high. Um, So for me, it's Nick Chubb for the Cleveland Browns. Um, I don't think that's a horrible pick. I don't think that's – I wouldn't even argue that pick, to be honest. And um, so Sony Michelle is going to be my 1.03. I know that um, obviously – you know, initially that we always had him at the, I, at least I had him at the 1.02. Me too. Um, going into the process. And, you know, there were obviously points in the year where I would have, I would have bumped him down slightly just because of he was nicked up. He wasn't getting the playing time. But the way that he's finished and especially the way that he's been playing here in the playoffs, um, I see really good things to come for him. And I've finally seen, you know, what I wanted to see out of, out of Sony Michelle. Would I like to see him catch more passes? Absolutely. You know, I, you know, I think that would be fantastic and his value would, would only go up from there. Um, I think he can catch passes. So, so maybe that's a part of the offense that call over 60 in Georgia, right? That, that, um, you know, as he, as he gets used to the offense a little bit more, or even you know if, if an injury occurs to to um, James White, they'll they'll showcase him a little bit more in that manner. Uh, so, but Sony Michelle is my my pick at one point. If Sony Michelle is locked in to take over half of James White's role in New England, he'd be easily my number one two here. I have him as my one three as well. Um, finishes running back thirty five on a year, averaging eleven point two fantasy points per game over 12 games mind you and everything you said before I agree 100% everything we're seeing right now in the playoffs is exactly what I envisioned Sony Michelle to be uh, all year it didn't work out that way and that's fine because you know he's a rookie it's a Super Bowl competent team they worked him into it it's the way the cookie crumbled and you have dude James White there uh, that takes away a lot of catches and I mean I don't think anybody's even caught more footballs in the NFL maybe Christian McCaffrey probably than James White over the last couple years the guy is a a fantasy factor yeah and and Sonny Michelle I mean even if you watched him run at the beginning of the year you could tell he was running a little bit tentative and stuff like that so he's hitting the hole much faster he looks I mean, do you remember like when we when we were evaluating him, when we were watching him and Nick Chubb in the same games, it was oh, Sony Michelle just looks so much quicker through the line and, and and into the second level and stuff like that. Where it was almost flipped that was almost flipped on its head here in the NFL in, in the early part of their rookie seasons where where Nick Chubb looked more explosive and it was kind of baffling where where I just think Sony Michelle just maybe wasn't used to the speed of the game. Or he was thinking too much. I mean, a lot of times that's what that's what slows down rookies is there's just so much going through their head they can't play to their to their normal speed because they're just thinking too much. So it looks like he's got it figured out now. He looks much quicker to the line and he looks like he's actually he actually knows where he's going when he, when he's running. So and New England is known to have the hardest playbook to learn right. coming in NFL. So that totally makes perfect sense. So, he he's I think he's great value. Uh, well, I think he was great value just because now these playoffs have really – let me put it this way. I do a lot of uh, draft because I, I, I win a lot in that uh, in draft app where you just you – Sure. Know, like fan or whatever. Sure. And I'm doing a lot of these – the Super Bowl ones. And the number one pick in every single one I was in was Sony Michelle. Yep. Number one pick uh, was Sony. And to me, I think he's locked in to have a bigger role next year. 
Uh, they have a lot invested in the kid as well. He's I been think scoring a lot of touchdowns, which is huge. I, I mean, that's a massive. big part of that's a big part of a lot. You know, going back to even Legarrette Blunt, who is, in my opinion, not as skilled of a runner as Sony Michelle. He scored what, like eighteen touchdowns a couple of years back. So yeah, I mean, that's why I love Sony. I mean, exactly. we ran the ball more than you know. New England. They want to run it. They want to have a presence in the running game, and they want to be able to score touchdowns. And everybody was returning. Yep. For the, for like for, that usually doesn't happen there in New England, but everybody's returning next year. I think the, the sky uh, is the limit next year for Sony. I think he's really good value. I think everybody that drafted him as high as they did, definitely on our merits, are going to be rewarded next year. Not a great first year. You know, Nick Chubb's out there winning people's championships. Sony Michelle wasn't. But that being said, this is Dynasty, Yep, and he's a great asset to own. So far, I think all three of these players are guys that I would love to have in my Dynasty team, and that's number number four as well, who I'm going to take, Kerryon Johnson. Uh, yeah, I knew that. Running back number 33 on a year, average 13.9 fantasy points. That's more than Nick Chubb and more than Sonny Michelle because he only played 10 games. Uh, he's 21 years old. He's the other running back I was talking about, and he did that on a really doo-doo team. Uh, offensively, it's why you know they got rid of Jim Bob Cooter there. Matt Stafford had a down year. The whole team was just crap there in Detroit. But Carry On is somebody that I loved pre-draft process. Uh, I compared him to kind of like a poor man's Le'Veon Bell with his patience behind the line, his catching ability, and everything that he did early in the year showed me that uh, he could succeed at a high level here in the NFL. And I think they can get that. They could write that ship a little bit there. In Detroit, and definitely with Matt Patricia being there and head coach, and I think realizing Stafford maybe not Stafford being a quality quarterback, but maybe not something that's going to win you the Super Bowl handily. Right, right. They're going to rely on that run game, and I think Karrion Johnson's going to be somebody to benefit. He's somebody that I love to acquire this offseason if I could. I went in all my leagues, tried to acquire him, couldn't get it done, uh, probably because of shit offers I offered. You know, last night uh, I got a little. Uh, mildly intoxicated and send out like 85 trade <laughs> offers uh some of them are getting rejected i'm like why do you even send that trade that's a bad trade offer rich right um but carry on's one of those guys that not only i don't like him next year i love him next year and to me this is like a tier like obviously like saquon's in his own tier right correct but the next tier for me is it's nick chubb sony michelle and carry on like they're in a, a I, special tier for me i like that i like that an, um, analysis there i think those guys are Kind of the the next best thing because I mean obviously there's only one Saquon Barkley and he's only going to come around every once in a while you know what I mean luckily See, we luckily we've had like you know three or four of these guys come through in the past like every couple of years you five, know five six years Zeke or so. Elliott right um before that and then before that was Todd Gurley Todd himself Gurley, yep. you know so every couple of years we're getting one of these guys and. There's going to be one of those guys probably in the 2020 class. Hell, I mean, we might see J- Josh Jacobs go. No, he's still not going to be on that level. I don't Saquon. think he's that. Yeah, I don't think he's. The but we'll see another yep. one soon. And I said, carry on being 21. That's a huge asset when it comes to fantasy football. It I has. mean, two years is a lot. You know, Sony and Nick Chubb being 23, two years younger. That's a lot. That is a lot. And um, I mean, even even guys like you know, like Philip Lindsay, I think is is 25 or 24. 24. Or something. Yeah. So. So yeah, they're you know obviously rookies can can vary quite a bit there in their age and twenty one's obviously way better than twenty four. So yeah, love love Karrion Johnson, love Sony Michelle. I think these are dynasty cornerstones mm-hmm. um, at the running back position. Something that you can draft and build your team around. That you know when it comes to running back, these are guys also you know outside of Saquon Barkley where they allow you to take uh, that quarter. Like if you're doing a startup, they could allow you to take that receiver 
in the first round, and you come back in the second round get a Nick Chubb, and you can get Karrion Johnson and Sonny Michelle, I'm guessing, in the third round, possibly fourth round. We'll see how Sony ends these playoffs. It's going right. to be a bump for him. Right. He, he, might start, he might start trending upwards for sure. Yeah, and it could be one of those things we look at next year. I mean, I would not put it past any one of these guys to be finish higher than the other. You know what I mean? It wouldn't surprise me at all if Karrion Johnson had a better fantasy year than Sony Michelle or Nick Chubb. It wouldn't surprise me if any of the you know any of the other guys as well finishes higher in any order. I think they're all three have a very strong chance to finish as running back ones next year, which is elite. Yep, absolutely. So move, moving on to the the fifth pick in the first round, I am going to go off of the running backs finally, and I'm going to go to Cortland Sutton as my as my top rated wide receiver coming out of this year's draft. I know that might that might shock you, just judging by the look on your face right now. No, I have a number six on my list. So. Okay, um, but obviously, you know, he 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 prototypes as the number one wide receiver there. At, you know, six foot four, six foot three, two hundred sixteen pounds. Um, they basically more or less cleared the deck here this year, getting rid of um, Demarius Thomas, and, and really kind of just moving forward once once he eased i think into the nfl and, and knew how to practice knew knew the playbook and stuff that they they went ahead and traded demarius and obviously late in the year emmanuel sanders even went down so and i, th- I think eventually he's going to be gone if not this offseason whenever he gets healthy he might he might either be traded or released so this is a guy going into next year who's going to be He's finally he's gonna have a year under his belt. He's gonna know all this all this rookie stuff. He got all the bumps and and, and all that out of the way. There's definitely some bumps, uh, and, and um, he got that that stuff out of the way this year. And hopefully he'll just have a really smooth transition into the being the number one wide receiver for the Denver Broncos. Yeah, well, looking here like I, again, I'm not really you're not really throwing me off too much here. It's just when I was sitting down looking at numbers, doing a little research into this, um, I came away with having Cortland Sun here as well, like this high up. Um, with everything said, it's just it's for me. I have them so close: Cortland Sutton, DJ Moore, and Calvin Ridley. Right. There's a lot to like about all those guys. You know, Calvin Ridley coming away with ten touchdowns. Mm-hmm. DJ Moore being a strong, explosive playmaker in the offense. Even Cam Newton being banged up, it's like how much higher can he get? Definitely put another receiver around him. But I am with you. I always come back to who's the biggest receiver. Then that's my tiebreaker. Who's the big guy that could be the number one dominant receiver there? And to me, that's Cortland Sutton, and I would take him here right now on the upside. You know, I feel like DJ Moore might be a little bit safer. Um, I think Calvin Ridley's upside's almost as high as Cortland Sutton's. But I'm gonna go back to pedigree. Cortland Sutton coming out of SMU was, you know, if he would came out the year before, he would have been a very high draft mm-hmm. pick. So to me, I like Cortland Sutton here for the Denver Broncos. I am not gonna argue that point. I'm okay with this. I would take him here as well too. Um, finish the year as wide receiver 49. Uh, he had the number, the second most yards out of the rookie receivers. He had 42 catches, 704 yards, and four touchdowns. That's pretty promising for a guy that started off really slow. He 704 yards, yep. 40, 42 catches. I'm gonna look at that where he, if he can get, you know, finish the year next year with about 85 catches for about a thousand, 1100 yards, and get a jump in those touchdown totals. Then we're talking, yeah, we're talking a solid player, good value here, steady. What are we going to do at receiver? What are they going to do? You know, obviously, uh, Case Keenum's a short-term obviously. Yep. You know, project obviously. there. Yep. New coach, Fick Fangio. He's a defensive guy. How's that going to work out? Um, so there's a lot of question marks here with Cortland Sun. But to me, talent always 
wins usually in situations like that. You can find loopholes and situations where it might not. Like we're still worried about Corey Davis, not because of his talent, because of the, everything going around him. Right. But to me, I like Gordon Sun here as well. So me on the clock here next, uh, I'd be torn between Philip Lindsay and DJ Moore for me personally. Okay. Or in, in Calvin Ridley, those are my three yep. guys that I'm looking at here, and I'm trying to you know with Philip Lindsay finishes running back twelve on a year, averaging fourteen point nine points per game. That's really really solid. But I do have Royce Freeman there, who looked pretty good, too. And they got Devontae Booker there, who took away some catches. So, for me, even though Lindsey looked great, and he's a running back one on a year, we all know the hashtag two to three-year windows, and we always see the running backs that were running back ones at one time fall off and they never get back there again. If you're going to ask me to pick something up this list, it's easy, easily going to be Lindsey. I'm going to take the safe route here. I'm going to take G.J. Moore. First receiver taken in the NFL draft. Finished the year as wide receiver 39. The number one rookie when it came to uh, total production with 50, you know, reception-wise, with 55 receptions, 788 yards, and two touchdowns. Now, to me, I'm looking at that where, you know, Cortland Sun had 704 yards on 42 catches. DJ Moore, 55 catches, 788 yards. Same thing. We give him a boost next year. No Devin Funchess. Lock him in as a number one. They drafted him to be the number one. So we don't have to worry about them going out to look for a number one and some other teams because that's why they drafted him in the first round to be their number one receiver. I like Curtis Samuel's number two. I mentioned him a couple, like a month or so right. ago. They got him by him. I think with this team, you might have to be worried about Cam Newton's shoulder. But again, this is dynasty. It's long term. I think DJ Moore showed me enough this year the way, you know, explosive, getting the ball in his hands, getting up field. Uh, some of his quick slants were really nice out there. I like DJ Moore. Uh, I would take him number five overall here. Number six number overall six, here. Yep. Um, nice pick he, he, for this. a lot of the same reasons that you already said, um, you know, obviously, and, and that I said for, for Cortland Sutton apply here. Um, I, do, I do feel like he – there were some rough patches in his season where um, he was making rookie mistakes. Mm -hmm. It happens. I mean, all receivers have it. The good, the good thing is the coach. I, I, I heard several interviews with, with Ron Rivera and he's saying, you don't want to go away from guys just because they make mistakes. It's, it's, it's if they if they make the same mistake over and over again is when you start getting concerned. If they, hey, guys make mistakes. Guys, you know they catch a pass and they fumble it. If you go back to him, he fumbles it again. Then then it's an issue. You know what I mean? And, and it's that willingness uh, from the coach to not like immediately throw a guy in the doghouse when he when he makes an error that I like and that I think will help foster this guy uh, and 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 really turn him into a, a good pro. So I, I do like where he's going as well. And I just, I just like Cortland Sutton slightly better, so that's why I picked yeah. him ahead of him. I like, I would take Cortland Sutton here too. And again, Dalvin, Calvin Ridley, and DJ Moore are very close to me. I'm right. gonna take the guy who's closer in line to be the number one receiver on his team. That's that's a deal breaker between the two of them. You're on the clock with the number seven pick. Who are you taking? I'm taking Calvin Ridley. Uh, really, an easy choice for me between him and and probably Philip Lindsay or or possibly, you know, I'm getting into the the is a time for Darius Geis type mm -hmm. of, yep. of thought in my head as well as well. But um, with, with the surgery and then all the infections and stuff, I, I think it's a little bit early for Geis and, and Calvin really, I think has got a really bright future. It is the path to his number one target shares that I think dropped him this low for me to begin with. Or, he was the number one fantasy receiver of the rookies. Right, year. right. And and that was largely due to the fact that he was scored. He scored a lot of touchdowns. I mean, he ten. said 10. So, That's disgusting. Um, it was the, his 10 touchdowns were tied for the 
fourth most, I think. You tie with Tyler Lockett for the fourth most in the NFL. Right, and, and, and he had some really big games. I mean, he had one with three, and then he followed it up the next week with two. So, I mean, it, it, it he got came, half in two weeks. Right, it came it came in bursts, you know what I mean, um, there early in the season for the most part. They were, they were spread out throughout, you know, the rest of the year. He was involved, man. Like, his 64 receptions were the 30th most in the NFL for 821 yards and, touch, t- and 10 touchdowns. Those are good numbers. Yeah, no, he was definitely involved throughout the entire year. But it's just one of those things where he's going to be – I don't want to call him scraps, but he's going to be getting kind of the scraps until until Julio moves on. So that is literally the only reason I don't have him higher at this point. And we might even, Matt, we might even be undervaluing here. I mean, the guy finishes his rookie year – as wide receiver 22. But then, you're right, it is inflated because of the 10 touchdowns. That's, right. we gotta be, he's not going to score ton, 10 touchdowns every year. Again, only four other receivers scored more than an entire NFL. Exactly. So. so it's one of those things where I think that the touchdowns will level off a little bit. There'll be some regression there. But I, I, I could easily see him getting, you know, cracking 1,000 yards next year but maybe having a drop-off in, in, in some of those touchdowns. So it's one of those things where he might not end up scoring more points next year. He'll, hey, he'll probably low-end wide receiver two, you're happy. Exactly, exactly. But, yeah, you know, how long how long is he going to be under that, um, kind of under uh, Julio there is the biggest issue for me. Okay. So here we are left with the guys like Philip Lindsay, Darius Geis, and Baker Mayfield. And or not Baker Mayfield, but that's <laughs> that's <laughs> that's where I'm going. I'm you're wearing your Baker glasses already, um, huh? So number eight in a non superflex draft, you might think that's a little crazy, right? Um, but I would take Baker Mayfield number two overall if it was a superflex draft, right behind Saquon. Uh, but for me here, the reason I would take Baker Mayfield over Philip Lindsay and over Darius Guys, Guys, as we mentioned before, it wasn't just a the injury; it's the infection afterwards, mm-hmm. the delayed. Makes me a little bit of nervous there. A lot to be nervous about Washington, like a lot. I mean, did you see Alex Smith is leg this week yesterday? I didn't see it. No, he's, I heard he's part RoboCop. Okay, he's, he's, I he's, heard it's he an might awfully, be a cyborg, an awfully big brace yeah. he's wearing. It's like his legs being reconstructed. It's like his house is under construction. So for me here, I'm actually gonna take Baker Mayfield. And yeah, there probably is a little bit of homerism because I love Baker Mayfield so much too here. But I'm seeing right here a rookie that's taking the league by storm. The quarterback position is somebody again. We mentioned my Drew Brees affection. This is Drew Brees is somebody who I've had on my dynasty team for 15 years mm-hmm. he's been my starting quarterback that puts you in a position to better your dynasty team over and over and over again because when it comes to your rookie draft you're never going to be worried about drafting a quarterback you're not going to you'll take him when the values there you know what i mean in the third round late second round fourth round you're never going to have to reach for that quarterback because you're desperate for one you have one locked in baker mayfield to me is the truth if you can't see that he's going to be a, a, a quality, dominant fantasy quarterback for a, more than a decade to come, then you're blind. Because to me, that is something that you can grab. You can put him in there. You can lock him away. You start him every single week. You, all you have to worry about is injury and a bye week, and that's it. And you can build your team elsewhere. Anytime you get a guy like, like Saquon Barkley, you can put him in your running back position. One spot is filled forever. If you have uh, Saquon Barkley and you have Karrion Johnson, you feel comfortable at running back for the the future but then again injuries happen injuries don't happen quite as much as quarterbacks so for me here you can barely talk you can barely touch him anymore you know philip Lindsay. i don't know how long that shelf life is going to be maybe he'll be a quality ppr receiver for some for next five six years 
That being said, Baker to me is locked in for a 10-year minimum, minimum career, more likely closer to about 12 to 15 years. That is a true lifetime in fantasy football. You cannot buy that kind of quality at that position. Same thing if you, even if you had Andrew Luck, who had an injury uh, problems there for a while. Right. Same thing like if Pat Mahomes was in this draft class. How like how higher how how high are you taking Pat Mahomes in a dynasty startup? I usually don't take my quarterback very high, but I'm considering Pat Mahomes really early. He's my one one in superflex rankings because again, youth and talent where you can put that dude in your lineup and you don't have to worry about that forever. 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 So to me, I'm taking Baker Mayfield just on everybody after this has some question marks. I like them, and they might give me some two- to three-year windows here. But I'm taking Baker. I'm putting my quarterback position. And I'm forgetting about it forever. I like it, man. Um, it, you know, it's a little bit early for me, but your reasoning at least was sound. So um, I, I don't I don't know that I would – I would I would probably wait a couple more picks to go go Baker myself. But I'm a homer, so I got to take Total homer, and I can't. I, I can't take a chance to miss out on him, so I'm taking Baker. But I agree. Most people aren't going to take him to a little bit later, but to me, he, I think he's at least solidified himself into a first-round pick. I, I like that. Definitely first-round pick, in my opinion. Um, so here I am. If if I was on the clock right now, I'd, I would be very confused. And I am on the clock, essentially. Um, it, this is one of those things where I would be taking every minute of my pick because I, I really do – I mean, obviously – There's a lot of players to like here. There's a lot of players to like. I'm, I'm wrestling with, with just, you know, two running backs. A couple of receivers a couple, are very couple, attractive. Yeah, a couple of very good-looking wide receivers. Um, I don't think that I, I would go another quarterback yet, but uh, – <laughs> No. <laughs> just kidding. Um, I don't think I would go any of the tight ends quite yet either. Well, mm, well – no, so all right, I'm just gonna go straight up production here because I think if he falls any farther, I think it's just a tragedy at this point. Philip Lindsay, I mean, it would be a tragedy. You're right. I, I have to take him here. I should have taken him, but I couldn't over Baker. I understand. So I'm gonna take Philip Lindsay. Uh, <laughs> what can you say? I mean, undrafted guy, undersized, five foot, 190 pounds, and all he does is score points. He's a tough inside runner. This is like one of those guys that he's just defied like every single odd that, you know, against him this whole year. And he came out of the gate scoring 18.2 points in his first game. You know what I mean? Like right off the rip, the dude was bald, legit. And and, and like you said, he finished, you know, what was he? He was a he was a running back one, right? Yeah, he's running back 12 overall in the yeah. year. So, yeah, average so. 14.9 points per game in 15 games, uh, you know, and that was even with Devontae Booker taking some sure. carries away from him. Uh, and don't forget Royce Freeman, too. Royce Freeman, right. who looked pretty sound there as well. And that's what a lot of people are going to use against him. Like, we got Royce Freeman, who's looked there good as well. But, I mean, it's not like Royce Freeman is Rashad Penny, where he's taking the first round. You can overlook Royce Freeman. And I, I, I agree with you. Like, to me, it's silly that he's lasted till nine right. at running back 12, just on the assumption that he can't hold up that pace. There's – I've seen – he's 24 – so that's that he's that a, he's a bit him. yeah that's he's a little bit old for a rookie correct um the situation with Royce Freeman behind him uh but he's got some good receivers on the outside of him right there uh, the quarterback situation someone there but he did it and people he did it with people knowing that he was the man and he catches the ball well too I mean he had 35 catches and that's the I thing mean, he could be better than, I'm telling you right. if they work out Devontae Booker 
He could be better next if year. If they weed him out. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. He could. So, uh, love it. Uh, if I was here in a draft and I got him at nine, you know, knowing what I know now, I, I would, we're, I would feel great. Which about is what it. we're doing. You know right. what you know now. Exactly. So what, where are you taking them? This is just, you, you have your rookie draft and now we're having like a startup draft and we're remixing these rookies. Yep. And, and to me, yeah, I agree. I mean, Phil Lindsay, if you took him over Baker, I'm okay with it. If you were to take Phil Lindsay over Calvin Ridley, Cortland Sutton, and DJ Moore, I'm not going to yell at you for it. Because if he keeps doing what he's doing, then, yeah, you should take him above that. Right. We're just going to go with size, uh, you know. Competition at the position on his team. Exactly. Uh, I'm over the undrafted part. It's it, He's a pro bowler this year. That means nothing. It's way – what's more important? You have a pro bowler on your team and an undrafted guy. Like, who gives a shit no, about I mean, an undrafted pe- person? The only – I only mentioned it just because he overcame that. No, 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 he can't yeah. His size yeah oh, no, I'm not, I'm not coming down when you say I'm saying, but people like, oh, he's undrafted, you're streaming. Like, nobody – John Elway doesn't care about that. No, they don't care how you got there. You're there, and you're you produced for a full year now. Exactly. So I love the pick here, Phil Lindsay. I mean, if we're gonna go value, I mean, you got the best value out of this whole draft, right? Besides Saquon at number one, which is the best. You're getting the number one startup guy in there, right? Um, So here I am. We're at number nine or ten. I'm looking at a guy like Darius Geis, Anthony Miller, and the thing with Geis is we're gonna keep going back to is again the injury. The quarterback situation, there's a lot of question marks there. A lot. Definitely. And he looked a lot better than I thought he would there in Washington. I'm still worried about him catching the ball there. They still have Chris Thompson there. To me, there's a lot of risk, and there's a lot of good names out here still. And I'm going to go against Darius, guys. Okay. I'm not going to take him here. I'm actually going to take Anthony Miller for the Chicago Bears. So that might be a shock to some people here as well. Definitely some more upside receivers here. But to me, I really liked what I saw out of Miller later in the year this year. Um, 33 catches, 423 yards, seven touchdowns. To me, I was, um, with Matt Nagy's offense, the, another step coming forward with Mitch Trubisky. I do think they signed Kareem Hunt in the offseason. I think the offense is going to take another big step forward next year. I loved Anthony Miller's tape kind of Memphis. I loved him a lot. He was a first-round grade going into this draft. And at the end of the year, he didn't show me anything to take away from that uh, no, as and, well. No, and you have to also factor in um, – the fact that he had to have shoulder surgery. So another one of these guys that, you know, he actually produced, you know, a better than like a Zay Jones who was coming off of, of, of a rookie year shoulder injury uh-huh. and was having a hard time catching the ball. So Anthony Miller, I mean, at least, I mean, obviously his production took a little, little bit of a dip towards the end of the year, but he fought through it. And now, you know, as soon as the season is over, he, he goes out and has the surgery. So yeah, it's one I of those l- things that you have to at least have in your back of your head. And Allen Robinson disappointed this year as well. Sure. And we got to see if he can take – he needs to take another step forward too. And if he does, to me that helps – to me it's a win-win because if he takes a step forward, then Anthony Miller's helped by – he has a true number He's one offset. freed up. Yep, yep. If he doesn't, well, that's a big contract that they're going to get out of from as quick as possible, which I'm sure it's probably two to three years guaranteed, somewhere around those lines. I know it was a big contract making $60 million a year. But to me, I love the whole direction of that Bears offense and where it's going. I want a piece of it. I'm taking it here with a player that I loved his college tape. I liked what I saw later in the year uh, with Anthony Miller and sporadically at time, the plays that he were able to put together there. Uh, again, a learning curve going from Memphis to the NFL. I think Anthony Miller takes another big step next year in year two, and that's why I'm taking him here number 10 overall. Give me Anthony Miller. I'm going to go upside at the receiver position. Yep. I like it, man. Um, not going to argue that pick. I, I like him. And, and 
So that moves me on to uh, one, one eleven is yep. my pick. And at this point, I'm just going to take Darius Geis. I mean, there's not a lot we can say that we haven't already said about the guy. You know, he, he was obviously one of these guys, an angry type of runner uh, at LSU. We got to see glimpses of that that same sort of running style early on in the preseason before he injured his ACL. Um, then there was a subsequent subsequent um, surgery and then infection. And and recently, I've I've seen you know clips of him working out and stuff, and he's back out on the field and he looks good. Yeah. So he's so been the, posting on Twitter a lot. Right. So he he does do a lot of, of posting on Twitter. Um. So it's it's an easy story to follow, I guess, from from that respect. And, and the proof is going to be in the pudding next year. I mean, obviously. And they're going to sign a court. They're they're, mo- they're probably the leading candidate to sign either Ryan Tannehill or Joe Flacco. Right. They're definitely going to go with somebody. I mean, and if not, they're going to have to go early on in the draft to get a quarterback and, and possibly, you know, even move up. Uh, so it's one of those things where they're going to get the quarterback's, you know, situation figured out. Yes, Chris Thompson is there. Chris Thompson didn't even have a great year last no, year. No, terrible doo-doo butter. Throw at the wall, watch it slide down. Yeah. So, I mean, it's one of those things. It's kind of like almost a clean slate uh, um, situation in my eyes. If Darius Geis goes in there and proves that he can do everything, I think they're going to hand him the ball, you know, 25 times, whether it's whether it's a Joe Flacco type of guy where, where they're going to want to get the play action type of stuff working. Or it's a rookie quarterback where where they're going to have to lean on guys just to you know just to ease the guy into the NFL style. And he should be able to handle that load. Sure, uh, from what we saw at LSU. Sure. So so from for those respects, at, at one eleven, I have to take Darius. Guys. Okay, uh, not going to argue that as well. Number twelve, I'm going to take Rashad Penny for the Seattle Seahawks. This again might shock some people, but for me, uh, they took him in the first round. Right, mm-hmm. they invested in him, mm-hmm. and I like. And here's the thing, I like Chris Carson. I think Chris Carson, the way he got outside for his size, was fantastic this year in Seattle. But again, they invested in Rashad Penny. Mm-hmm. All right, stuff like that. They keep your job as general manager, and you know you got to prove that you're not wasting first round picks on running backs. And to me, I don't even think it was a complete wash on Penny. I just think Chris Carson played so well that the Seattle's t- hands were tied. Yeah, um, if if they wanted to run the ball, they wanted to be able to run the ball 35 times a game there in Seattle. That's how they were going to win games this year. And Chris Carson just happened to be the guy that that was running well enough to be able to be like, hey, I can give this guy 20 to 25 carries a game. Mm-hmm. And then they split up, you know, the other 10 to 15 carries. Rashad Penny did get one start when Carson was out, and that was versus the Rams. And Rams have a very good defensive line. He had 12 carries for 108 yards. That's with Enamanusu, Aaron Donald. Chris, uh, Chris Carson averaged 4.5 yards per carry. Rashad Penny averaged 5.1 yards per carry. Also had nine receptions for 75 yards. Somebody did see at San Diego State that he can catch the ball as well. This is a guy that just he, he, he put on too much good tape mm-hmm. at San Diego State. He was a first-round pick in the NFL draft at the running back position, which is an unheard of. Uh, so to me, the last pick in the, here in the first round, number 12, I'm going to squeeze that juice so hard. Yeah. And, and, and hopefully it turns into a delicious glass of OJ. OJ. That's my favorite juice. I think that's I think that's the best squeezable juice. I think so. Yeah. Followed by Apple. Do you squeeze? I guess you, there's like an apple press. A press? I, I don't think that you really squeeze it with your hands. I was thinking maybe like lemonade is the other one that you can. We got to add sugar to it. Yeah, you're right. To make a lemonade. You're I'm right. talking about like pure juice. Like you take an orange, you squeeze that bad boy, and you drink the blood of that dead orange. 
and it's I'm so a good. vampire when it comes and to it's oranges. So, so so Rashad Penny, uh, guy, <laughs> he's definitely a guy that that he has explosive traits, and he was another one of these guys that that he was injured for part of the year. You know, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. s- similar to the Sony Michelle, and, and I think he started off a little slow, so he got injured. Came a little heavy. I was gonna say he injured his hand, and then they complained about how he came back fat from. <laughs> From like his absence there, so uh-huh. I don't know what what that deal is. Like, why can't you run when your hand is hurt? But whatever, I'm over it now. Let's go, um, Tubbs Magoo. Yeah, so so I I think his his arrow is definitely pointing up from from his rookie season, which I think was a little bit trying for him. Okay, um, just getting used to the being a professional. I'm uh, glad you didn't kill the pick. I thought a lot. I'm sure a lot of people here are thinking that's kind of crazy, but I think that. I think that's good value. I think he's a great buy low candidate. Yeah, definitely. Great buy low. I'm definitely. buying Rashad Penny. Um, you're up 13. Uh, I am up, man. So this is pick this, two one. Yeah, this is getting wacky here. Um, I'm gonna stick kind of to my original board here, which uh-huh. is insane, and go James Washington. And and the reason I like it is, is obviously just I I see a really good opportunity coming for him. With with all of the stuff going on with Antonio Brown and he's an and and the fact that he's he's gonna be he, when the owner comes out and says he he can't see a scenario where Antonio Brown is there next year. Oh, he's gone. You, you can say you could you know Antonio Brown's gonna be gone from the Steelers. Yeah, I don't even need to bring on my crystal ball. Right, for this. don't even he bring is him. gone. So so hello San Francisco. Exactly. So I don't know if they're gonna. Send him wherever he wants to go. Like, Whoever he offers the most. That's ex- exactly. That's what I mean. Like, he wants to go to San Francisco. That doesn't mean that they're going to send him there. It would be nice to get him the heck away from Pittsburgh and out of the division and out of the conference and everything. What does San Francisco need real bad? Uh, number one right Yeah, they're going to pay the price. Well, okay. We'll, we'll see. Right? Right? I guess we'll, we'll find out later on. But James Washington, back to him. Um, obviously, another one of these guys that had a you know had a little bit of a slow start was inactive for some games, but I feel like at the end of the year is when he started coming on a little bit, and, and the opportunity is going to be there. Juju Smith is is going to be the the number one guy, and they are really good at bringing along their their second wide receiver and turning them into a fantasy factor. Every for the last fifteen years, ten years, they've done this. Mm-hmm. Every it's it's been ridiculous from Plexico. To Emmanuel Sanders, to Antonio Brown, to Mike Wallace, Wallace. to Juju Smith. Now here comes James Washington. It's just, it's a nonstop of fantasy gold. And James Washington, somebody who we loved coming into the process, a little worried about his landing spot when he landed there with Juju and Antonio Brown. But now Antonio Brown is gone quicker than we thought he would be. I have no problem with this. I think James Washington, Big Ben coming off one of his biggest years in in his career, is in a really good spot. Teams are going to have to focus on. Uh, Juju, it's going to open things up for James Washington. I like the pick. I think James Washington's going to be a very great uh, fantasy value. In redraft leagues, he's somebody I'm going to target heavily uh, going into it. At number 14, I'm going to take Deshaun Hamilton for the Denver Broncos. If you listen to the podcast, you know I talked him up just a couple weeks ago. I think he's going to be a PPR monster. Loved his route running coming out. This year finishes with 30 catches for 243 yards and two touchdowns. Nothing overly uh, fantastic there, but Case Keenum loves the slot receiver. Throws to him 25% of the time. That's where Deshaun's going to play a lot there in Denver. He's going to be their quick release receiver. Uh, Like Deshaun Hamilton a lot. I think he's one of those PPR goal guys. Can see him easily catching about 65 to 80 balls. I know it's a big span there, but may never be like a high yardage guy. But if Devin get involved in the red zone, I think he's going to be a contributor year in, year out. Uh, finish years is like maybe a mid-range wide receiver two, 
but consistently be like a low-end wide receiver two to high-end wide receiver three, something that you can count on in your team for the next eight years at the receiver receiver position. Something that's nice, solid, get him in there, um, and maybe he'd eventually even come up to the Manuel Sanders kind of uh, status quo there. I think he does have that kind of ability, definitely the Cortland Sutton around him. Still curious about the quarterback position in the long term, but right now I can't think of that. I'm going to take the safe pay safe pick here and i'm taking the sean hamilton all right so that's the 2.02 i like that pick he is very safe and uh i think he'll be a productive guy as well so that's not a not a bad pick at all and with the 2.03 i am struggling here a little bit but i think i'm going to end up going for the first tight end off the board which i think is going to be a surprise to you who i actually pick i'm going to go chris herndon just based off of a really solid rookie year finished as the tight end 15 with a rookie quarterback and him being a rookie himself. Yeah. So this is a guy that who, who was pretty, he started off the year a little slow, like Very you would, slow. like you would imagine, you know, weeks one, two, three, four, five, but then he, you know, week six, he, he kind of burst onto the scene and started going pretty steady Eddie for the next five or six weeks before he had a little bump in the road and then and then back up again. So this was a guy that, you know, the middle midway through the year, you could almost rely on to throw in a, a fantasy, you know, roster here. I mean, obviously, you know, if you finish as tight end 15, that, you know, that's in the solid tight end two conversation to begin with. But, you know, there were stretches there where I think once um, – once Sam Darnold kind of got on a roll and got his feet underneath him a little bit is when he really took off and was able to, to produce good numbers for you. Start, I just, I just traded for him. Yeah. I like him. Uh, I like him a lot. Uh, he will probably start a year off suspended probably for the first two games with his DUI back right. in uh, just a couple of weeks ago. Uh, no, it was right before the season started. This yeah. Week. But I mean, I think it came down. It did. Yep. Uh, like early January. Um, like legally wise sure. for him. So yep. he's probably going to start. It's his first offense, so he's probably going to be suspended the first two games. But again, I like Chris Herndon too. To me, it is kind of high for the tight ends. Uh, I understand why you would take him here with the upside with him and Sam Darnold. He's looked fantastic. To me, because uh, my next pick right here is I am I am too going to take a tight end, and I would actually probably take tight ends here. Probably, uh, I don't know. It's it's close here. But I'm going to still take Mike Kosicki. Mm-hmm. Here at uh, what are we at? Pick number sixteen. Uh, yep, two four. So to me, it comes down to Mike Kosicki, Dallas Goddard, and Mark Andrews, and it really comes down to Mike Kosicki and Mark Andrews. Do I take Mark Andrews, who finished the year as tight end number eighteen? Uh, you're talking about Chris Stern and everything. There's like, there's tons to like about. Uh, Mark Andrews and it's funny because we had him ranked higher this is the guy that I, I like we did our way too early mock draft before that I just gloated about oh, a yeah. ton oh yeah and then it kind of and then it kind of like took a step back from that a little bit and I like Dallas Goddard a little bit more than Gasicki trained uh too well but with Gasicki's spark score and everything he's done and accomplished to me I still find it hard for him not to find success long-term. And I know the tight ends take a while, so I'm just not going to give up on him just because he didn't produce like these other tight ends produce. You know, Goddard, Andrews, Herndon all produced way better than Gasicki. But I think he was just on a really bad team. He only had 22 receptions for 202 yards. Um, just not a lot of weapons there in Miami for him. The quarterback situation sucked. I think that obviously by that, what you're hearing coming out of the locker room about the coaching situation, everything there just sounded like it was really bad. And for a guy that, for the position that you need patience with, I'm willing to be patient with a guy 
who, again, I think has long-term success uh, renown him. And they're gonna, they got to start from scratch here, but he'll be one of the building blocks they do build around. And I'm going to take Mike Kosicki here on tight end upside. And I'd probably be smarter off taking Mark Andrews, to be honest with you. But, again, only being a year removed, I'm going to go off my original instinct and my original tape, and I'm going to take Mike Kosicki here. I would take Dallas Goddard off everything I did did see too. If uh, Carson Wentz didn't love Zach Ertz so much, I would. Right. But he does love Zach Ertz so much, and I just can't get over that. I think Dallas Goddard might be the most talented tight end out of all these guys if he was on a different situation, but he's not. And the facts are the facts. So to me, it comes down to Mark Andrews and Mike Gesicki. I'm going to stick with my guns, and I'm going to go Mike Gesicki. All right. Gesicki it is. Um, obviously, that's that's – Based off of mostly college tape because because it wasn't a lot of production. I was a guy that drafted him really early, and I was, I mean, obviously, I'm I'm not going to draft a guy, especially at the tight end position, and expect him to produce in year one. So I totally get it. This is almost this is a drop in his value, I think, from last year, and I think that that's because he didn't. Man, produce. he was non-existent this year. Right, he had 22 catches. Right, it just. It's gross. So, so I totally get um, you taking him here. For me personally, I have a guy like Dallas Goddard higher okay. in my rankings at this point, and that, that just takes me right to my pick here because I, I I can't justify taking another one of these wide receivers or anything like that quite yet. Dallas Goddard is the guy I'm going to take at two point oh five, and I'm pretty happy to get him because yes, I think I'm going to have to wait another year. Um, I think you have to wait longer, man. I think Zach Ertz is for sure going to be there for this upcoming year. But I think Dallas Goddard is the future there eventually. And Zach Ertz just broke records. I understand. And here's the thing. Here's, here's my only thing. I just read, you read that article about Carson Wentz from the players, about his guys yeah. and whatever. And like Zach Ertz is his guy. Sure. And I know I've saw all season stuff of like before even going into the year, like them hanging out and mm-hmm. whatnot. Like I just think, I just think Zach Ertz. I going into it, I was like, dude, there's no way they don't get rid of Zach Ertz with right. his money and whatnot. There's no way. I'm just having a hard time seeing that now. There, here's the deal, though. Can you pay a tight end all this money and then pay a quarterback? And they, it's still two years, though, Matt. It, it's gonna come paid. It's gonna come due soon. They're gonna have to extend him before his his deal's up. They and always they always do that. With that, that won't be probably. Not, I know, but that still won't be until probably the end of next year. That's what I'm saying. I think. I think. Or end of. Maybe I think after that. I think they're they're gonna have they're gonna. Oh, yeah, have, you're right. He is. This is gonna be his fourth year. Yeah, they're oh, gonna. Yeah, have, you're right. He is gonna extend it. Never mind. They're gonna have Ertz this year, and I think they're not gonna be able to afford him after that. They have a lot of guys. You know, they they won a championship, and that costs money. You know what I mean? They're they're not gonna be able to afford Nick Foles next year. I I don't care. How, oh, he's gone. 100%. Yeah, I don't care what people think. You know, like oh, we should keep Nick. They're just not gonna be able to afford him. They're gonna they're gonna keep the rookie quarterback. That's their guy, their franchise quarterback, and then they're gonna have to pay him. And once they pay him, are they going to be able to afford to have Zach Ertz there as well? I, it's just a big question mark from a, a monetary standpoint for me that, that I think get, Dallas Goddard's going to get his chance if you know they're going to ease him in a little bit more next year, and then 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 they're not going to be able to once once Dallas Goddard chews into Ertz's stuff a little bit, they're not going to be able to justify keeping Ertz for the amount of money okay. that they're paying him, in my opinion. Yeah, to me, it's just, for me here, I'd go in my pick number 18th overall is Mark Andrews then. Yeah. We're just going literally sure. four tight ends in a row right. here. It's just because everything I saw on Andrews' tape 
I liked, mm-hmm. right? You know, it, he actually did better than I thought he would because when I when I really dug into the tape, he looked a little bit more, you know, uh, robotic, a little bit slower on the tape, and he played really well this year. And we mentioned beforehand, like, oh, it's funny they took Hayden Hurst in the first, and then they took Mark Andrews, and we said at, right at the general draft, like, it wouldn't surprise us us if Mark Andrews is the better overall fantasy player. Not giving up on Hayden Hurst, you know, definitely with him being injured, but Andrews played really well. Finished the year as tight end number 18, 34 catches for 552 yards, three touchdowns. Again, didn't start really producing until later in the year as well. He was Lamar Jackson's safety net. John Brown's a free agent after this year. Not a lot of going on there at receiver. Not even a lot of good receiver free agents out there either. Uh, I can see them signing a guy like Tyrell Williams and then drafting a guy, um, like a bigger guy, maybe like a Kelvin Harmon, mm-hmm. uh, a, a Nikhil Harry. And I know last week I was calling him Keneal. I wrote it down wrong. I was reading it wrong the whole time. It's Nikhil uh, Harry. But to me, Mark Andrews will be, for Baltimore, and it's always had the philosophy of using two tight ends and just using that tight end being one of their focal points in the, in the offense. I think Mark Andrews has shown up to me where – finishes tight end 18 this year could give them a big big boost next year and i guess i could use the same rebuttal um i was giving you about zach Ertz. i could use hayden hurst who's their first round pick uh but again he's like 25 as i, I mean i think some for for mark andrews we broke that down i think last year during the rookie breakdowns how much we you know we just thought mark andrews was the tight end that you really wanted yeah out of, out of the two even though that even though hayden hurst was taken first mark andrews just is a better receiver and he's younger I mean, it, it wasn't. It's not like rocket science or anything like that. It, it, this is dynasty. You want the younger, you know, more long-term asset in Mark Andrews, and especially if it's going to be a guy that his game was predicated more on catching passes, where where Hayden Hurts was a little bit more of a balanced tight end who, who who blocked a little bit more than than Mark Andrews. Yeah, I mean, with his yards, I mean, thirty-four catches for five hundred fifty-two yards. That's really good. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, I mean, Dolph said Dallas Goddard had thirty-three catches for three hundred thirty-four yards. And we're talking about two hundred yard difference. This is somebody who has the potential of like they're playing like outside receiver position. Uh, being a 55 catch guy for 800 900 yards mm-hmm. and maybe nine touchdowns that's mid-range tight end one numbers those are really good numbers and that's that's him producing a high end rookie and remember we talked about George Kittle last year right. going into it that you don't see a, a rookie tight end involved usually this much and you should go out and buy him and we told everybody to go out buy George Kittle buy George Kittle and you can argue George Kittle could be your number one overall dynasty tight end right now. I mean, you know, you want to put Travis Kelsey ahead of him. You want to put Zach Ertz ahead of him. That's fine. But I'm going to take the youth. I'm going to take George Kittle, a guy who had 1,337 receiving yards at tight end position number one in his second year. Uh, I like George Kittle a ton. And with Mark Andrews coming out the gates producing as well, I'm not going to let that slide by. Right. Um, going back to taking even Gasicki, I, I mentioned I, should, I probably should have taken Mark Andrews. To me, right now, I feel like Mark Andrews probably should, if I'm looking at it as, as just what I'm seeing off of this year, mm-hmm. I think Mark Andrews should be the first. Here he is, the fourth tight end we just took. I think he should be the number one tight end taken off the board. He's not. It's fine. We just took four in a row. Uh, but it wouldn't surprise me when it's all said and done that he might be the best value right here. Team, opportunity, position, I, I like Mark Andrews a lot. I mean, these uh, out of the tight ends, these are the, the four that I'd want. He's ADP right now of 138. That's right. way too low. Yep. That's way too low. Um, we'll see what Hayden Hurst kind of cuts into next year. But there is. that's that's If Hayden Hurst wasn't there at all, 
then I think this would be almost a no-brainer to get him higher. It would definitely be a no-brainer. But he is there. Right. And we got to see how they're going to do that. New GM. It muddies the water. Yeah. But, again, I'm I'm also thinking that um, Eric DaCosta, the new GM, when taking over for uh, Ozzie Newsom there in Baltimore, he had to have his handprint on his draft knowing he was going to take over. So we'll see. You're on the clock. Number Uh, 19. All right. Number 19, 2.07. I am going to finally go homer and go Antonio Callaway. Okay. Just think, um, you know, obviously he was. I thought for sure you're taking Christian Kirk. Nope. Um, Obviously, you know, he he was a little up and down, um, and there was games where he kind of disappeared. But if you watched game in and game out, I I think you saw a rookie who was winning with basically his athleticism. Mm -hmm. Would you agree? I mean, I think I think he's he's got a he's going to have an off season where him and Baker are going to have to get together. I think and and. Baker's going to have to maybe hold his hand a little bit and get him, get him acclimated to the playbook and, and and really just get him up to speed. I think fully with the NFL game because I feel like he was just he was just kind of swimming a little bit, but he was that freaky athletic that he could bust off big plays and get open pretty easily with you know with with his quickness and 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 those kind of things. So I think Antonio. Antonio Callaway has got a ton of upset, and don't forget that he was, he was basically he was out of football for a full year too. So this was him easing his way back in, kind of. I think he's got a ton of upside, and and, and I'm gonna bet on that at this this late in the in the draft. Matt, I love the sneaky pick here. I mean, he had a fifty. He was tied. Uh, he's right. I mean, you're talking about a couple points here and there, but for example, Amari Cooper had fifty three receptions. For 725 this year, this year now Grand didn't really take off to get to Dallas. Tony Callaway had 43 reception, 43 receptions for 586 yards, five touchdowns, good for 50th most receptions in the NFL. Uh, we talked about him being a fourth round pick with first round talent. We go into earlier about uh, the Browns offense and where it's going to go, and they need an outside playmaker. I was texting with uh, Dynaston and Mike earlier today, and we we're talking about what the Browns could do at receiver. He was talking about Nikhil Harry, and I was talking about Calvin Harmon, how they both be a good fit. But I, and I wrote him right back, and I was like, listen, I'm not going to discount Antonio Callaway uh, for what he showed me this year. And I think with a lot of grown pains, he left a lot on the field as well. Oh, big yeah. plays on mm-hmm. there. Um, I think he could be, with Baker, like you said, a big playmaker in the NFL and kind of take over that, you know, kind of like that Deshaun Jackson big play kind of moments here. I, not only that, but he showed what we could do on those quick slants as well. Oh, yeah. I think Tony Callaway is a really good sneaky value pick here. I like the pick. Uh, I actually like it a lot because I think there's a chance – where a lot of people are talking about the Browns need this receiver, they need this receiver. I think there's a really good chance that if they could re-sign Brashad Perriman, right, that they could be okay with what they have going into next year uh, when that produced. Again, the offense was rolling right. um, from week nine on there. So to me, I, I'd see them more addressing maybe another get another tight end for dual tight end sets out there that they like to run that could be a bigger – like a TJ Hawkinson to me, right, would be at 17, would be a pick that would probably shock – the hell out of a lot of people if the Browns took him after a couple of years removed from taking David Njoku. Um, I don't think they do because Njoku was a third receiver in the team as well here as well. But I do like Antonio Callaway. I think he's a playmaker. I think the sky is the limit. Uh, and if you're looking upside here late in the second round, I think Antonio Callaway is your guy. I like the pick. I'm not just uh, I'm not dissing that pick at all. He's a Brown for, for anyways. So I'm on a clock here. Uh, I'm looking at a couple guys. And to me, I'm going to take here – 
I'm going to take Christian Kirk. Um, somebody who I didn't really like, I wasn't overly excited about even throughout this process um, going through the year. But to me, you know, he's number three out of the rookies when it comes to um, overall production with 43 catches for 590 yards and three touchdowns. And again, on a really bad football team, he missed the last four games as well. So, so that I mean, you have to you have to take that into account, and you have to take into account that he had a rookie quarterback who struggled. We'll just we'll just say like you know we'll we'll put it out there. Might've the lived. whole offense was terrible. You know, is what Larry I mean? Fitz coming back? Do we even know what's going on there? Right. Uh, he he looked better. He was somebody I just wasn't overly in love with, and even here we're probably just picking him at what picking him number twenty. Yeah. You know the we're probably discounting a little bit here, like they. You know, I'm sure a lot of people, we could look back on this and go, oh, you took four tight ends before you took Christian Kirk. That was silly. And maybe it will be. But what if Christian Kirk, to me, is always going to be that 55-catch, 750-yard, three-touchdown guy? You know what I mean? Like, that's that's where I kind of saw him going into it. And this year, like you said, he missed a lot of games. He had 43 catches for 590, which is a little better for a rookie and a mm-hmm. bad team. Right. So the upside is there. I think now we're starting to enter in the the, the, the where, where that juice is worth the squeeze. I'm gonna put him ahead of guys of like Michael Gallup, um, ahead of Traquan Smith, um, simply for the fact of the upside and opportunity here. The only guy who I'd almost like sneakily think about here is Kiki Kuti, um, but I'm gonna go ahead and stick with my guns and I'm just gonna take Christian Kirk. All right, Christian Kirk it is at the 2.08. So uh, moving on to the 2.09. Uh, is it is it too early for a guy called Naheem Hines? Definitely not even no. close to being too early. Nope. Yeah. So I'm going to take him. So this is a guy, obviously, uh, as far as rookies, he was the the ninth rated rookie, and that I mean that's including quarterbacks. So I mean that's those are nice little numbers to be a part of. Uh, and the thing is, he was able to consistently score. You know, eight to ten to fifteen points. That's even with Marlon Mack. When Marlon Mack emerged, he was still able to do it with the PPR numbers. So that, that that's the reason why I like him here. And, and in your rookie year, when when you're able to catch sixty three passes, four hundred twenty five yards, and add another three hundred and and fifteen yards of of rushing on top of it, I, I see there's there's room to grow there there's room for a, a James White ish role here where where those receptions can expand even more get him into like the 75 to 80 per year type of role and, and really just have a nice little PBR base I feel like for Naheem Hines I like Naheem Hines mm-hmm. uh as well but though here's here's my worries about him. I, I'm not this is not me disparaging the pick but this is me he was third on the team in receptions mm-hmm. right which is good but he only played about 20% of the snaps on a pass-heavy team. And this is a team that passed first. They love to throw the ball a ton. And he just wasn't overly involved enough, which we, it just kind of threw me off. Again, third in reception on the team, playing only about 20% of the snaps. That's kind of off. Those numbers don't make sense to me. You right. Know what I mean? No, it's no like, they're, counter, so, they're counterintuitive, but at the same time, you can look at it and say, hey, maybe he's got room to grow. Tons of room to grow. Right. But, I mean, this is a rookie running back that we, we expect to be on the table – even more so. So I like the upside here. I think this might be good value. Um, if he stayed the same about where he is, then to me, this is too high because, right. you know, he's just, 
he's a running back four. You know what I mean? He's a he's a you're on a bye week. You know he's gonna give you some points kind of guy. Hope he's hope he scores a touchdown on the, the week you start him kind of guy. Right, right. But if he can turn that James White kind of role into that offense, then this is tremendous value, and he should be skyrocketed up to about pick twelve right around there. But there is a lot of question marks here at Naheem Hines. I do like to pick. I do like the way he was used at times. I do like the offense as well with that offensive line. Let's hope they stay status quo with what they have. The way Chris Ballard talked about how he wants to build the team, it seems like Le'Veon Bell is off the table there in Indianapolis altogether, which is good news if you own Marlon Mack and Naheem Hines. Let's see what they do in the free agency. Let's see what they do in the draft. Everything stays status quo. Naheem Hines gets a bump here from 21. Um, I'm at 22 here, Matt. I'm going to take I'm gonna take Kiki Kuti okay. uh, here at 22. He just showed me just way too much when he was healthy on that team. Every time he was healthy and he got in there, he produced at a high level. That's a team with an offense on the up. Uh, you got DeAndre Hopkins to offset him here, I think, with Deshaun Watson. They've been looking for a number two receiver forever forever no good viable tight end there uh to me for a team that likes to throw the ball we don't know who their running back is going to be maybe they'll get maybe they'll sign levy on bell um, who knows that would be interesting we don't know but i think for the most part when you have to focus on deandre it opens things up for other the number two receiver that we've been looking for for about five years now we finally found it uh i think he kuti here is great value at pick number 22 overall uh, I think he could be – this year he only had 28 receptions for 287 yards and a touchdown. Um, I think those numbers go up exponentially if he stays healthy next year. I think he's right around uh, 65 catch, 900 yards, uh, five touchdowns, six touchdown kind of guy. To me, he's a high-end – could be a high-end wide receiver, three low-end wide receiver, two. I think it's good value here at pick 22. I like it, man. Kiki Kute is a nice little value here this late in the second round. Showed way too much as a rookie Yep, for me. Just from what I saw on the tape in the NFL, I like that upside over some of these other guys. I'm with you there. So here's a guy um, with the 2.11, 2.11, that I'm going to kind of throw out there. Um, definitely wouldn't have been in any pre-draft type of stuff. Um, was a very late bloomer in the year. But a guy that um, I picked up, pretty late in the season and I, th- I think he's really you know he came on strong towards the end of the year um it's buffalo wide receiver robert foster so he's a guy i mean literally did nothing weeks one through nine i think he, he had one game where he, he had five points but but weeks 10 through 17 he 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 outpaced guys like you know jalen samuels who was starting and doing a bunch of stuff there in in pittsburgh guys like calvin ridley he was above um, Cortland Sutton. He, he scored more points and he was, he was a consistent double digit type of guy. I know he was a big play type of wide receiver, but His quarterback's got a big arm. Quarterback's got a big arm. He fits the offense that they're trying to run there. And it's just, it's really, it's just undeniable type of, it's the type of things you, if you pick a guy late or even if you pick a guy early and he doesn't produce right away, if he has the end of a season that Robert Foster has, you get excited for him. And and he wasn't a guy that I picked really early. He was he was a guy that I just picked up off off the scrap heap, basically. I mean, he he was on the waiver wires. He was on everybody's waiver wires. Exactly. But 
but he showed me the, the, the exactly what I want to see at the end of the year from any rookie. And it's big time production. It's, it was consistent production for the most part. So, so here this late in the second round, I feel pretty decent. And and I just wanted to mention him um, because yeah. I don't think we've mentioned him that much on the pod. So I'm going to go ahead and say Robert Foster here at the 2.11. Yeah. Shocked me here. Wouldn't have taken him here. Um, but all the points you made are valid uh, to the point where I can't even argue. Like it's, that's I'm. What, what are you going to say? No, that upside's not there with Josh Allen. Of course, it's. There. it's it, I, I mean, say? it's there, and and he was outproducing. You know, guys that we have much higher on this list: Cortland Sutton, Calvin Ridley, at the end end part of the year. So I think it's. I think it's at least justifiable. So here I am getting ready to lock up the second round, uh, and and I'm looking at a couple guys here. Do I go quarterback with Sam Darnold or Josh Allen? You know, do I go running back at Royce Freeman or Ito Smith? Uh, do I go receiver, Michael Gallup or Dante Pettis or Traquan Smith? All great, all great options. Man. All, all solid options here. Um, I can go if I want to. I can get freaking go another tight end with Ian Thomas. Yep. You know, um, for sure. If I want to go tight end, I can go Hayden Hurst. Possibly as a first round pick. Um, I can look at numbers at either one of those Green Bay receivers with Jerron Allison or Martavis Valdez Scantlin. That, and that's um, why I'm glad I don't have this last pick because. You said that you had you know thirty something odd players that you want on your team, and I could I feel like we could keep going. You know what I mean? Like, oh, we're gonna do an honorable mention here. We're gonna do a fast. Yeah, this end of the show, so we're gonna do a fast pace, no more in depth here. But I want to mention some more names just so people know the names here. I'm gonna go Traquan Smith. Okay, Um, yeah, playing in the dome, offset Michael Thomas. To me, Ted gonna be a little bit older. They're gonna come back with vengeance next year. I think he showed enough. Um, with Drew Brees, that he can be the guy at 28 catches, 427 yards, and five touchdowns. Liked him coming out of UCF, big time play receiver here. I'm gonna go with circumstance here, and from some of the nice upside, he only had a one really huge monster game there in New Orleans this year, but it was a great game that he did have altogether. I'm gonna go upside here. I'm gonna go Traquan Smith at 24, um, pick 24 to end this off, Matt. And then with no explanations, we gotta give a T-shirt away because we did go over 700. Uh, reviews on the podcast let's go let's go this third round no explanation why just players we like you're on the clock we're gonna go back and forth here until the let's go for little let's go for about another 12 14 guys here no explanation needed we're just gonna take them take our word for it this is who we'd want matt you're on the clock go ian thomas all right i'm gonna go royce freeman yeah uh josh allen i'm gonna go ito smith um I am going to go Hayden Hurst. Okay. I'm going to go Sam Darnold. Um, my, my computer froze, of course. That's okay. Uh, <laughs> you got Michael Gallup on the board. Lamar yeah, Jackson. definitely Michael Gallup. Yep. All right. Michael Gallup. I would go Lamar Jackson. Can't complain there. Um, We're looking at guys here. Just if your list is, um, we have um, Jalen Samuels. We have Josh Rosen. We have Trenton Cannon. Um, Jalen Samuels. Jalen Samuels. Yeah, definitely with his college tight ends coach, Absolutely. offensive coordinator coming to be an offensive assistant. Uh, Le'Veon out. I think big uptick here with uh, Jalen Samuels' value. I'm going to play it safe here. I'm going to take Josh Rosen. Um, Could be one more guy. Uh, Dante Pettis. Dante. Oh well, yeah, I would. Yeah, I would have taken Dante Pettis. I just saw. I just earlier. saw him now. My my list unfroze. I definitely would have taken Dante Pettis. Yeah, yeah twenty seven catches, four hundred sixty seven yeah. yards, five touchdowns on that team. Hey, no speed. explanation. Uh, yeah, and then I'm gonna take here to end my list. Um, I'm gonna go upside at the running back position because it's too valuable. I'm gonna take Trent, Trenton Cannon. And I'm gonna take Chase Edwards after that. 
Jace Edwards? Yeah. Okay. Then I'm going to take Mar- Martavis Valdez Scantlin. Well, fine then. You want to draw him Allison? I'll take Toronto and Allison. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> so we just named like forty guys, yeah. um, rookies that we again we didn't even mention Ronald Jones. And I'll take Trey Quinn. You just took Ronald Jones. Oh, right? I forgot about Trey Quinn too. <laughs> or his name on here. I just want. I don't want to have like, these are just guys like I'm interested in because yeah, Trey Quinn. Oh wow, forgot about Trey, Mister uh, Irrelevant. You showed the yeah salad there and there. I'll take Deion Kane too. How about that? De- I forgot about Deion King. Everyone forgot about Deion King. pass on offense. Because he, he blew out his ACL all, all early in the year. So and here's the point, too, is some of these guys really didn't produce here. And these are some good guys you might want to trade for um, during your rookie draft this year. Remember, everybody has rookie fever, right? So if you guys – I just got Hayden Hurst for a third-round pick in 2019. Like, why wouldn't I just give up a third – random third in 2019 for a guy who was taking the first round who's going to be another year developed. So you always want these guys that we all mentioned, you know, Ido Smith in a great position to be the number two running back mm-hmm. uh, behind Devontae Freeman who might get banged up again. He'll be the guy. So to me, these are guys I think you should go out and trade for. I love trading for rookies that didn't overly produce at a high level after their first year, especially after their third year when they're really getting ready to break out because everybody's all looking for that new big thing, Right. And a lot of these guys we mentioned in the top 18, you're not going to get. But guys like Ito Smith, you can go out there and trade for. Kiki Kuti, you can go trade for him. Sure. Deion Kane, you can get. Robert Foster, you can get. Um, Chris Herndon, you can get. Ian Thomas, you can get. These are guys you want to trade for. You're buying. Everybody's looking for the next big thing. The best next next thing is extremely hard to come by. Okay? You want youth. These guys are all young. And we got a little bit of data on them, too. And we got some data on them. And... They have one year experience into the NFL. I will take that. You know, definitely the tight end position. Give me that. Lock me in. Give me one year ahead. Same thing with uh, Hayden Hurst. If I was going to take a tight end there in the third round, which is most likely for how deep this class is, why wouldn't I take a tight end that was drafted in the first round of the NFL draft, who now has another year under his belt? Give me one step ahead to compete. Um, some of these rookies take a while so you can get ahead of the curve. These are all guys that I would be happy to have on my dynasty team. Yep. And that's a lot a whole lot um so in the meantime let's just this is a long ass episode we did this is super long yep let's give away a t-shirt um if we don't have your size i am ordering a new batch of shirts here within the next week so if we don't have your size um i will just order it for you as long as it isn't like 8xl and i gotta pay double the price for it well then that's the only stipulation only stipulation i think 2xl is the biggest we can go so matt let me look here at uh the facebook group uh, again, you can join the Facebook group. It's on our page. Just hit group chat. You'll join our Facebook group. Uh, over 3,300 members on there to give and you your opinion. Yeah. And growing every single day. I think there's like 10 people. I think the average is like 10 people join a day. It's crazy. It's, it's better than the forums you can join. Right. It's the only reason to have a Facebook, to be honest with you. If you're going to be, you're getting spied on anyway. So let Facebook spy on you too. <laughs> um, so, Matt, bring up your random number generator. What's up, man? Matt, give me uh, a number one through 90. One through 90. And I'll read his comments, too. Generate 25. All right. I'm just going to go on here with people that actually put people's names on here, not all the comments on here. So I'm counting on to 25 of people that actually put a player's name in. Um, oh, we land on one that's actually pretty generic. Uh, okay. But it's fine. It's short. I said it has to be a sentence. Exactly. So the winner is going to be Vinny Farino, F-A-R-I-N. His comment is Kyler Murray. Like most, depends on landing spot, but could be Baker 2.0. Um, we got a lot of good ones in here. So if you want to read the thread, you know, a lot of people bring it up like Ronnie 
you know, Anderson, uh, right under here, Elijah, under Vinny Jensen, uh, post says, Elijah Holyfield coming out, a running back factory like Georgia, I think his skills, talent will transfer well to the NFL. Right above Vinny was Kyle Molden. And that's a, it's a, it, that's a, a Vander Holyfield. It Holyfield's. is a Vander Holyfield yeah. son. He's got, he's going to be a beast. Yeah. Um, Kyle Molden says, Damian Harris, because people absolutely have to draft as many running backs as possible in the first round. It's almost inevitable that more running backs fall into the back end of the first round. I agree wholeheartedly. They always get pushed up. Um, yep. uh, one of my buddy John and one of our Macy groups were talking today. They're like, oh, how's the back end look? And I was like, well, in our mock draft, we had TJ Hawkinson and we had tight ends. I was like, but more realistically, it's going to be running backs because they're all going to get a big boost. So if you want to read all those comments, just get on our Facebook page. Uh, my comments on there says, you know what to do. There's a little over 90 comments on there. Uh, I read every single one of them. All of them enjoyable. It gives me a little bit of a you know, insight on who everybody else loves a lot. A lot of Benny Snills, Snells, mm-hmm. um, a lot of Travion uh, Williamson, um, Rodney Anderson, like we mentioned as well. Right. So you can join the Facebook group page, read all those as well. There's tons of polls up there, tons of information. It's probably one of the best dynasty communities you could join today. Uh, again, over 3,300 members. That's our Facebook group page. In the meantime, if you want to talk dynasty, give me up on Twitter at Dynasty Rich. I am at Dynasty Matt. You can follow the site at Dynasty Nerds. If you want to leave us a rating and review, you can do that on iTunes. We always appreciate it. It's a way to keep the podcast atop the charts. And we like being on top, Matt. Oh. So next week will be <laughs> not on top of you, buddy. Um, next week we're going to do a Senior Bowl recap. After that, I want to kind of talk into some players to buy low. I think it's a good conversation there as we get entered as draft season picks up. There's some players I think are at some really good value. Uh, the number one guy on my list being Sammy Watkins. Uh, but we'll talk about that in two weeks, Matt. All right, great, man. All right. Yeah, Thanks. sounds good. All right, guys. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. Make sure to check us out at DynastyNerds.com for up-to-date Dynasty insight. And follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Nerds.